Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today we're going to be talking about an interesting variant of Commander aimed at those who miss the, the battlecruiser gameplay of the format's early days. This variant is called Pre-DH, and only cards printed before the first Commander decks in 2011 are legal for play. Uh, to share more information about this exciting sub-format of Commander, we've got a very special guest with us, Charlotte Sable, friend of the show, and one of the members of the Commander Advisory Group. Welcome back, Charlotte. Always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> uh, so, Charlotte, tell us a bit about this format. Um, how did you get interested in it? Um, yeah, just give give us the spiel. Okay, so again, like you said, pre-DH is just like a, vi- a commander variant where every card in your deck has to have been originally printed before the first uh, commander-focused product was released in June of 2011. So that means cards that were printed up to New Phyrexia. Um, I mean, I guess you could sort of think of it as commander old school. Right. Like, uh, well, EDH old school, because, you know, Commander wasn't a thing until that product. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, I got interested in it because some of the uh, RC and CAG members had been talking about it. I'm not sure where the idea for it surfaced. I know. I mean, I know people throw around ideas for Commander variants all the time, and this certainly isn't a hard one to think about. But I personally don't know what the genesis of, you know, this current sort of groundswell it's undergoing is. So apologies to well, anyone I, who's not being credited. So, Well, I think there are a lot of people that are nostalgic for like the, the very early days of the format. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot of things you could do back then that like have kind of fallen by the wayside as like mana costs have crept down as mm-hmm. commanders or, or, or rather legendary creatures are now being designed for with commander in mind um I, I certainly like back in the day i certainly did a lot more of like ramping from four to seven so i could play a bunch of haymakers uh, yeah, i definitely exactly. remember a lot of that going on back in the day and that's not as uh viable in the current yeah. meta yeah, lots lots of gilded lotuses and thran dynamos and Mm-hmm. what have you yeah but uh i think it's a great option for people who like really miss that that spirit of the early commander um and the the nice thing about it is like if you've been playing for a really long time i have like an ancient tapped out account um and i've got decks from like nine ten years ago that like wouldn't be very <laughs> hard to uh to modify for this format yeah and of course, like I, I, you know, yeah, exactly. And one one thing I really like about this format is that a lot of major like magic deck building sites and, and other like search websites have embraced it. And you can, if you look on Scryfall and search for like legal colon pre uh, you can see all the cards that are legal, and it, that's a great deck building tool. And then um, mm-hmm. both Moxfield and um, Monksfield and Architect have a like pre-DH option in the drop-down menu when you're making a new deck, so it'll tell you if any of your cards are not legal in pre-DH. Um, oh yeah. But speak. Yeah. But I speaking mean, of legality, um, is there how, how does the pre-DH ban list compare with the commander ban list? 
Uh, it is exactly the same. Um, well, minus anything that's been printed since then, of course. There's only like three or four cards on the current commander ban list that have been printed since then. Um, yeah, right. So let's see. Looking through, we have Golos, Gristlebrand, Golos, Gristlebrand, Hull Breacher, uh, Leovold, Blue Tree, uh, Sylvan Primordial, Paradox Engine, and that's it. That's what, like six, seven cards out of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the two, three dozen that are banned. Yeah, fortunately, um, fortunately, the since there's been like more attention on designing for Commander, there haven't been quite as many whiffs as uh, there were yeah. in the pre-DH days. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everything else is played by, it's basically just a deck construction variant. Like everything else is the same as normal Commander. Commander damage is the same. Legend rules the same. We're not playing by like old rules. It's all just, you know, modern Commander, but just with older cards. Well, you've got a, uh, a, deck list uh do you mind if we link it in the episode description absolutely go ahead well i mean i don't in that i don't mind if you link it. <laughs> go ahead <laughs> yeah and so, it. sure so uh tell us a little bit about uh your pre-dh list that you've been playing with sure so uh i just just for reference i just re i just built it like over the past week so i haven't had a lot of reps in with it and i haven't actually played like a full pre-dh game with it i've just played it in normal commander pods. Um, but base, it's an Earl the Mist Stalker deck. Um, so Earl was my very first commander when I started playing, and I got into EDH through other judges, because at the time it was kind of very much a judge format. And to be technical, I had at least had started putting this deck together before the first commander set put it. Uh, came out though I don't remember if I actually had this had the deck ready to play by that point. But mm-hmm. uh, so technically it predates. Technically it falls in the correct timeline though I don't think it necessarily existed at all for long in a pre-DH format at the time. And of course my current build is you know different than I would have built it back then because you know I have twelve years more experience and you know resources and you know just deck building sort of knowledge yeah Uh, it is interesting uh how looking at the format uh just like with over a decade's worth of experience since then um you come to some different conclusions than like you were than you had at the time um i think that even though the format is slower than modern commander uh, i think like i would be paying more attention to curve um, just because of the lessons i've learned over the years yeah i'm pretty sure my first few versions of the deck not that i had them on any sort of deck builder but i'm sure my average mana value was probably somewhere around four <laughs> whereas <laughs> yeah. in this build it's like 0.75 which is definitely lower than it would have been back in the day um but yeah it's uh yeah very cool um can you tell us a little bit about so 
we've talked about sort of the, the benefits of pre-DH or like the, the selling points. Um, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about some of the, the downsides for people who don't remember playing commander back in the day or weren't really active at that time. Um, what do you lose during the transition to uh, pre-DH? Well, for one thing, your commander choices are much, are, are much reduced. Uh, the overall card pool is about half of what it is currently, but mm-hmm. the number of commanders it like, I think currently there's about 21, 22,000 cards legal in commander mm-hmm. and pre DH has like 11,000. Uh, but what, where it's really lesser is in commanders because, yeah. Uh, currently there are like 1600 commanders, but there's only like 400 commanders in pre-DH yeah. and very specifically, uh, you're incredibly limited when it comes to like, uh, wedge color identity commanders. There's literally only six total, not per color, just six total in the format. There's, Ouch. uh, there's the five planar chaos dragons and Doran the siege tower. And that's it. Um, and I think personally, a reasonable, uh, a reasonable sort of variation on the thing, if you wanted to play specifically in a wedge color identity, would be, you know, you yeah, could play. Difficult. Yeah, but you could say maybe play something from Con's block, or you know, or whatever. I mean. And I mean, I've also heard people talking about a variant where you can basically play any commander, uh, but just the, the main deck the cards. Card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is interesting. And I mean, I think as long as you're like living by the spirit, I'd still think that in general, no matter what you're building, you probably shouldn't build with a commander that's originally from a commander set product. Right. Mm-hmm. I think as long as it comes from like a standard legal set, it's probably fine. but. You know, yeah, people would be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, like, a, like it's commander, a commander like variant. A no one's going to really care unless, like, you're, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe if you're bringing, like, uh, Uro or something, then people might care. <laughs> yeah. Something really Even heinous then, or just, yeah, like, exactly. incredible value. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then similarly, in a similar sort of vein, uh, there's no four color options for commanders. Obviously, no partners, no backgrounds, no companions. Just one card in the command zone, and that's it. Um, there's also very, very few uh, enemy color land dual lands available. Um, like, I think I was searching. Uh, yeah, I was searching for this deck, and I think there's like eight red and white lands available and that includes some real bad ones like uh like there's like a slow pain land and there's like two different lands that like don't untap every other turn or something like i don't know there's a lot of really bad options when it comes (laughs) to lands in this uh and additionally just in general there's very few fetchable lands Fetchable dual lands, yeah. right? You have uh, your original dual lands and you have your shock lands. And I'm pretty sure that that's literally it for ones with multiple types. 
I mean, obviously, there's no triomes. Uh, none of the common just, ones we saw in like Kaldheim or Dominion. Yeah, yeah, no, none of those. I mean, you don't even have enemy colored life, like enemy colored like tap life gain lands, right? <laughs> yeah, you have you you have the uh, refuges from Zendikar for the allied colors, but you don't have anything for the enemy colors, right? So, oh, that's sad. Yeah. So yeah, so, so I, I remember so, that though. That's which is really funny. I remember like trying to build decks and like. Yeah. Being like okay, well, I'll put this tap land, <laughs> you know, because that was all, literally all that there was. Yeah, exactly. Like building pre DH on a budget, or like, or like it's like, well, I guess I'm playing ancient amphith, this you know, giant tribal yeah. land in my completely non giant deck because it's a land that taps for red and white. Yeah, exactly. And it just comes in tapped. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The layers, the layers become playable again. Yeah, Travis layer exactly. or the oh, yeah. Earth's layer, or whatever. Yeah, those are those are not good lands, though. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Like, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. So though, so for terms of building, those are the main things. Also, just in general, a lot of the cards that you're gonna want to play are gonna be more expensive because they're older, and you know, especially as you get about that you know 15 year old sort of age for cards they become a lot more scarce mm-hmm. uh and less more expensive um yeah the reserve also, list makes up a greater proportion of the card pool yeah. than it does in modern commander yeah, yeah exactly and also you know the older you go card wise the more likely that your cards don't necessarily do what's printed on them so you know, more more times you're going to have to check, you know, or the Oracle reference or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these are just some of the downsides I've thought of. But again, this this, you know, variant is probably going to appeal to people that have been playing Commander for a long time or just playing Magic for a long time. So uh, at least that last point shouldn't make too much of a difference. But yeah, I mean, again, all you're really telling me is that. R&D secret layer is really buffed in this format. So. <laughs> it could be worse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing, I'm not sure if it's a plus or a minus or a bit of both, but also like the current ban list is quite different from what the ban list actually was at that point when uh, the first commander set came out. So that's a good point. So it, it's possible that like some of the things that maybe came off the yeah. ban list or were added to the ban list, like uh, were like those changes were made in light of what the modern commander metagame is like. And it's possible yeah. that like with an older card pool, like either they're a bigger problem or um, yeah, like, like that. Okay. So maybe there's some edges to grind there uh, Yeah, in terms of yeah, like, like, uh, so yeah, the cards that were banned then that aren't banned now would be uh, Kokusha, the Evening Star, Lion's Eye Diamond, Metalworker, Painter Servant, Protean Hulk, Staff of Domination, and World Gorge Dragon. All of which are quite strong cards involved in you know various combos. Um, which I mean I think are all fine in Modern Commander at least, but I could see. Them causing issues if you know pre-DH gets played a lot, but I mean I don't know, I don't think it's anything that a rule zero discussion wouldn't wouldn't sort of handle. Uh, well, 
have there are there i mean i think we've we've gone through most of the downsides i just have sort of um one question and i guess this could be like a double-edged sword but um is there a danger of like the variant stagnating over time because you're you're not getting the influx of new cards like do you think to an extent like certain builds could be solved i suppose so but again i mean i don't think this is like a format i don't think you know anyone's going to be giving up general commander for pre right it's it's just a, a fun variant that you can play sometimes just like playing with plane chase or whatever and it's a deck building constraint which people put on themselves all the times anyway um i mean i to me one of the bigger appeals for this is uh the fact that you know it's okay to have a more solved deck for the format because you know uh, one of the main reasons that i ended up taking my earl deck apart in the beginning was this the deck got very sort of like calcified like it wasn't getting incredibly hard for anything new to displace anything old unless it was like strictly better and it just felt like there was less and less room for sort of individuality in the deck whereas you know with pdh once i get to a build i'm happy with it with for a deck i can literally just put that deck on the shelf and just bring it out and play it and not have to worry about tweaking it you know, every couple of months or whatever. Um, and like, I like, I like the appeal, especially like for the Earl deck, I like the appeal of being able to like set it and forget it and not have to like feel guilty that I'm not, you know, looking at new cards for it. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a, a nice benefit. I definitely have some friends who uh, are a little bit exhausted with the pace of releases and have sort of slowed or like, gone dormant with updating their decks with new cards so i think this would be appealing for folks who just want to be able to have a deck that they don't have to constantly think about or tinker with or reevaluate yeah yeah it seems i don't know it's again it's a fun variant i i don't think anyone's going to be like taking it like super seriously to the exclusion of anything else you know i don't I don't think we're going to get like C pre DH or anything like that going on. But. <laughs> well, I don't know. There is like the, the, well, there is like the 93, 94 format, which people do yeah. try to get pretty competitive with. So yeah. right. I I feel that's, like that was also, that that's also designed as a one-on-one, you know, competitive yeah. format, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I have a question that we've, we've kind of hit on, but like, do you think that, so just looking at the times that we're in, like uh All Will Be One just came out, we immediately have March of the Machine spoilers, and then pre DH starts becoming a little bit more popular. Like do, would you say that this might be in response to like product fatigue or like release fatigue that people might mm-hmm. be feeling at this point? I, like I can I can absolutely see that. I mean, like, you know, I personally took like something of like a step back from magic for like a good half a year. Like I was still buying some singles here and there and whatnot, but like, you know, last year I was just, there was just a time was just like, I've just, I just can't deal with this right now. I need, I need to, you know, 
just not. Um, And so I can absolutely understand the desire to like, you know, go back to the, you know, the times where people have, you know, good memories about when, you know, when EDH was the judge format or when EDH was, you know, this unexplored wild west. And, you know, you, you didn't know what a card did because it was some, you know, common from Mirage or something rather than it, you know, rather than it just being, oh, that's from the set that was out two months ago. And I can only remember the cards that came out in the set a month ago now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's definitely, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's an experience I've been having. Like, when we have been able to go out and play in the wild, like, whether that's like at a shop in town or like at an event or something like that, like, obviously, me and Nick are like super tapped in, right? We're we're looking at every single new card. So, like, it's, it's pretty normal for me to see something and be like, oh, yeah, that guy. But sometimes I'll sit down and it'll even be like from, a commander set that came out you know like so i have a willow desk from the strixhaven decks like the black green commander Mm -hmm. and uh i remember i sat down with willow desk at an event and everyone at the table was like what's that (laughs) who's this that was literally that was literally a face commander for the deck yeah exactly (laughs) but it's just everyone i feel like what you're talking about really rings true though where like people can't keep all of it in their head especially if they're not like actively trying to memorize and pay attention you know it's just too much for most people i feel like so i think that the the allure of a format where not only is it maybe like nostalgia for some people but it's something where like let's say you've been playing commander for a while and Mm -hmm. you are getting product fatigue and you hear about this format like oh well i can make a kamal deck and just put it up on a shelf shelf i can make a Vendillion click deck and yeah. put it up on a shelf you know like that seems like even if i wasn't playing back then that might be something i was interested in mm-hmm. yeah i'm definitely interested i mean we talking before the show i'm probably gonna make like at least one <laughs> pre-edh yeah. deck just because i won't have to yeah. update it like we're talking about yeah i really yeah, miss my uh my old iname death aspect deck and like oh yeah um, you know, I rebuilt it, you know, maybe like four or five years ago and just like, uh, you know, a six mana commander where you like need to cast it before you can actually start playing the game was already kind of fallen behind at that point. Um, yeah. But in, in, you know, in the very early days of the format when I started around 2009 or something, um, no, it was it was like legit good. It, it like did pretty well in our meta. So I'm excited yeah. to be able to dust off some of those old deck uh, archetypes and, and deck concepts and, oh, yeah, and give them some love again. Yeah. 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 There's just some Actually. like play experiences that you can't replicate just because mm-hmm. the format has like quickened. Mm-hmm. So I think about that a lot, like the loops that you used to go through with Aname. Yeah. Like, can't yeah. really dirtle that hard these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. I really miss the the dirtling, just like um like soul shift loops, sacrificing a big spirit to get back a smaller spirit, sacrificing that one to get something else back. Like mm. to get back uh oh what was that human one, the honored Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Honored Kanushi. Is yeah. that it? Kanushi, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the soul shift is it eight? 
or seven. It's something huge. I think it's oh, yes. seven. Seven, yeah. Promise Kanushi. Yeah. There we go. Promise Kanushi, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, again, you know, part of the reason why it really appealed to me to rebuild, like, I'd been wa- thinking about rebuilding Earl for a while, but then I just thought about, God, there's so much, like, new Enchantress stuff, and it's like, you know, if I just built it straight ahead, I literally probably could have, like, every other creature in the deck be an Enchantress. You know, I'd probably be cutting, like, the worst of the really good, you know, auras, and, like, it's just that, you know, that just feels too easy and too linear, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that I have to, you know, stretch and, you know, find weirdo cards to play in the deck like uh like Taoist Hermit and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm I definitely miss some of the pet cards from the early days of the format that like you just can't yeah. really make work anymore. Like I, I used to put um uh I used to put oh gosh, it's um Helm of Possession in yeah, so many of my decks. The card is extremely is sweet. sweet. Um, but it's just kind of like hasn't made the cut these days. Yeah. It's a little fiddly. Um, but back in the early days of the format, it was really a messed up card. You could annoy the hell out of people with it. Oh yeah, especially yeah. if you steal people's commanders with it or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. TLDR for old. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> uh, let me ask you something, Charlotte. Um, so do you think that the uh, interest in pre-DH um, has anything to do with, you know, for a long time in commander circles, there's been this idea that like um, wizards kind of ruined the format the moment they started designing for it, or they like made the format worse by designing for it. Um, and like, you know, creating intentional format staples or really strong commanders compared to like the the spirit of the early days where you just kind of had to make things work with what you had rather than mm. things being like sort of I, served to you on a platter. How do you feel about that? I don't know that I I wouldn't say I mean, I agree that that sentiment is out there. I wouldn't necessarily agree that Wizards ruined the format, but I feel like that. Yeah, by that might have been a little too strong. Form- yeah. Yeah, but they definitely they definitely changed the format by, you know, turning their eyes to it and focusing on it and, you know, building for it to some degree. Um it's just I don't know, like and this just felt really neat to be like, okay, looking at my land base, it's like, nope, I can't play Command Tower. I can't play Path of Ancestry. I, you know, can't play Arcane Signet, you know, I can't mm-hmm. play any of this stuff. And it's like, yeah. Commander Sphere, yeah. Commander Sphere. Yeah, Commander Sphere would actually be probably a very good card. In, like, Commander Sphere is almost not good enough anymore. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These days, I don't, it, it takes something special for me to put a three mana rock in my deck, but like, that's, that yeah. wasn't true or, over a decade well, I mean, ago. Yeah. A general three mana rock. Yeah. There's lots of g- interesting and good specialized three mana rocks these days, though. Yeah, I agree. Like, I actually, I haven't gotten my hands on any, but that uh, 
sack to draw two cards one from the new jumpstart is really interesting the black one mm-hmm. and uh midnight clock is a great one that's a uh, oh yeah midnight uh, clock uh cursed mirror mm-hmm. even just uh heraldic banner oh yeah i love heraldic banner oh yeah heraldic banner <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i mean but yeah like just a general this makes mana and you can cash it in for a card later hooray yeah, it's like not just not a thing anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I th- I think also just part of the appeal of 3DH is that it's a novel way to play with these older cards and you know reevaluate them and breathe life into, you know, certain commanders that were once you know powerhouses of the format, but don't really see play like, you know, like Earl or like Rafik or, you know. Yeah. It is sad. Like bringing one of those old school commanders to a modern, uh, commander table and just having it not perform the way it used to just like, um, yeah. Earl is, is very cool, but you know, in a lot of ways they've made so many, stronger and and like more pushed voltron options yeah. in the the intervening yeah. decade oh yeah and um, then there's they've also just made a ton of things that like just you know they realized oh we went too far with hexproof and so they made a bunch of ways to nerf hexproof you know like oh let's put you know this ability on shadow spear one of the most played equipments in the format yeah yeah you know? but on a land like yeah with uh detection tower is that it yeah, detection tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think a well-built Earl deck could still wreck house. I mean, it's just not the the cool way to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. When there's like just you know like Earl doesn't draw you cards, right? Like, why would I play Earl when I could play you know uh, what's the What's the one with bestow that's banned? Oh, um, oh, Estra. No, not Estra. Do it. Castia. Castia. Yeah, like, like, you know, if I wanted to play like an Enchantress Voltron deck, I probably want to play Castia or like Tuvasa or something, right? Mm-hmm. I probably don't want to play Earl because, like, you know, what does that card even have to do with red and what does red add to Enchantress? Very, the answer to both is very little, right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think it's very cool and I love that um, uh, I love that it will force you to put more of those like beautiful old frame cards in your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fun because, you know, uh, there's people out there who are trying to do like old frame only cards or like only cards yeah. printed before um mm-hmm. uh before eighth edition. So I think I think yeah. there's a good overlap between that and pre DH. Yeah. Like pre modern EDH or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's even more restrictive by a few years. Um but yeah, I mean like again, I think I think, you know, the fact Commander's maturing to the point where it's cool and okay for it to be getting more offshoots, right? Like, Mm -hmm. as the community sort of, you know, as the big discussion becomes, you know, 
okay, how do we like to play this format? You know, it's nice that there's becoming clearer and more defined ways that we can actually sort of differentiate that beyond, you know, a number out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just just the the round of sevens. You sit down yeah. and everyone goes seven, seven, seven. Seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one's kind of a six, but it plays like an eight sometimes. so i actually wanted to uh ask just like an opinion on kind of what you're talking about so uh as the format progresses and variants appear like this isn't that crazy of a concept really no so like people have had uh like we have a friend who has like old talrand you know like talrand but every card in the deck has to be old border from like like Or, you know, like just a way to impose restrictions on people. So I feel like this format appeals to like players like that that want to play like a good game of magic, but they don't want to just like, yeah, play the best everything and poop on the whole table. And or or they can play the best everything like within the restriction they put on themselves. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Or yeah, play the bit. Yeah, exactly. Play the best thing. So you put, you put the restriction on yourself so that like you play whatever then the next best thing is like you have the best in that thing. Um, So I, I really don't feel like I, like we were talking about looking at these decks with the different lens like we have now, like, do you really, do you think that if you sat down with a pre-DH deck against just a random pod, like maybe not like, uh, I don't know, maybe not like, well, yeah, I guess I'm just going to say a random pod. Do you feel like it would fall behind too far? Like, um, do you think that you'd be sitting there like struggling to keep up while everyone else is playing a game? Somewhat. Mostly just, I mean, from my experience playing a couple of games with the deck, that definitely seems to happen in terms of card draw. Right, because oh, like, okay. mm-hmm. um, it's just like modern enchantress is so has so many card draw effects, right? Like, like my previous enchantress deck was Yarok, which mind you doubles everything, but you know, uh, but like that deck would very often get into situations where it's like, well, I go to my end step and I have eleven cards in hand, so give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> It, or it's you know relatable. whatever and it's and it's like but you know with there's when i've you know the couple of times i've played my earl so far it's like okay cool i have earl suited up i'm you know hitting with you know 12 you know with a 12 12 you know vigilant for striking lifelinker uh that you know gets plus four plus seven trample <laughs> if it's blocked um but i also only have two cards in hand and you know, the only ways I could possibly have, I mean, at least in terms of enchantments to like draw cards with that would be to like put a keen sense on him or something, right? Like, uh, or a snake umbra, you know, I guess I could play some, you know, if I wanted to put equipment in, I could play mask of memory or whatever, but my options are severely limited. Whereas, you know, so many new commanders have it baked in, like have card draw, have card advantage baked in. There's so many other just, you know, wait, drawing cards is so much of what modern commander is about. It's, you know, definitely 
a struggle, but I don't think it's like impossible to win. Just difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to actually like playing like with a full pre DH pod just to sort of see how that feels, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that it like I feel like there are some metas where it, it obviously like you said, like the card draw and things, there's gonna be less options, but there's gonna be some especially some decks in the format, like remember when uh, Arkham Daxon was like a boogeyman, you know, like yeah, that's probably not gonna feel that bad compared to just a normal like quote quote modern commander mm-hmm. deck. You're just gonna have like a little more limitations on the uh oh yeah definitely. ridiculous artifact you end up trying to tutor out yeah do you think that like it's gonna be easier to match power level in a pre and like a pre dh uh pod versus like yeah, a modern commander so. pod okay i think so yeah i mean obviously there can still be power mismatches if someone say has built you know some you know built some like budget build or whatever but i think I think the you know the delta will be much smaller, and I feel like I feel like pre DH in a way is also trying to be a sort of answer, like a pre like a preset for rule zero, the same way CEDH is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that right? makes sense. You don't really need to have a rule zero talk when you're doing CEDH. It's still cool to do so, but like you know. If you sit down for a CEDH pod, you know that, you know, you're in for, you know, I am going to try to win as efficiently and fast as possible or, you know, stop you from doing so as efficiently and as possible sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what high interaction stacks, potential high. combo kills. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, play, you know, big stacks and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I mean. And I think pre-DH is basically the same thing. It's like we're 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 rolling back the clock to this time period sort of thing, right? Like mm-hmm. and I think it's neat. And I feel like even if it's just, you know, a way a different way to build, you know, a restricted deck, that's cool. And I don't know that, you know, it needs to necessarily have a huge shelf life or a huge uptake. It, just a cool thing that you can do in the format right yeah the mm-hmm. kind of thing that you might do like one game per night out of your commander night exactly you know or it's like okay uh you know all the rest of my decks are much stronger than the decks these people are playing let me pull out my pre-dh deck right like or whatever right you know yeah so so i have one more question that i just want to pose to both of you like because this is obviously not the first commander variant that's happened. Like people remember, I think Tiny Leaders pretty, pretty yeah. well. <laughs> you know, Tiny um, Leaders, Oathbreaker, Oathbreaker. Yeah, I played a decent amount of Oathbreaker, honestly, which was pretty silly. But until my friends that played with me moved, but um, kind of that said, like I feel like the spirit around or like the the energy around Pretty H is a lot different than it was with Tiny Leaders. Um, and even Oathbreaker to like some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's because like in general, like do you think that's because I'm trying to word this as like kindly as possible in general? Uh, 
there tends to be like a negative view from a majority of like the commander populace about like making things more like uh competitive in like a tournament type sense uh and like pre-dh is less that you know what i mean like pre-dh is really like taking a step back and being like oh remember when like this was super chill and everyone seems to be pretty down with that um yeah do you think that like in the future i mean obviously who knows what they're going to be but there's probably going to be more commander variants like do you think in the future people are going to be generally more accepting of them like they are with pre-dh or do you think there's going to have to be some like caveat or it's going to have to be a casual variant like do you do you think that the hype that this format is getting right now is just because people uh like do you think there's been a shift and that if tiny leaders was like introduced now people might be more interested or something like that I don't know. I think one to me, the biggest appeal of pre-DH is that it's still commander, right? It's still mm-hmm. commander. I can sit down with my deck at a normal commander pod and I'm following literally all the format rules. I could literally like say nothing about it being a pre-DH deck and I, you know, wouldn't have any weird looks necessarily, except when maybe people notice that, hey, how old is that deck sort of thing? Right. Yeah. Like, um, whereas, you know, you can't really sit down and play an Oathbreaker deck or a Tiny Leaders deck in a Commander pod because your deck, you know, to start with your deck's the wrong size. You know, with Oathbreaker, you have the wrong things in the command zone and yada, yada, yada. Right. Like, you know, this isn't this is as much a very, you know, a casual variant as it is, you know, a format or sub format. Right. It's not trying to be something that isn't commander. Right. It's in a way trying to be a different sort of platonically ideal form of commander in a way. Not to say that, you know, current modern commander isn't, you know, is unideal. Just, you know, this is like, you know, a snapshot in time of Mm -hmm. before a thing happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is probably going to have a bit more staying power because it's interesting. But at the same time, you know, as time goes on, I don't know that, you know, that specific, you know, that specific endpoint is necessarily going to hold as much as much weight yeah. to people. Right. I think you hit on a really good point there, though, that like that, that this is still in general like edh you know like this is still commander i think that's probably where the other variant formats maybe that's Mm -hmm. where they're getting the guff from you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think people want to uh i think people like want to be able to transfer their existing like knowledge and experiences uh from commander to whatever like variant they try out and like Mm -hmm. 3dh you know it's it's the same thing you're you know approximately like what effects are good in commander what effects are not good in commander whereas you have to completely reevaluate things if you're looking at tiny leaders because the because that like mana value cut off there Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't know i never got into tiny leaders but i also think that you know, if Tiny Leaders had made itself a, it was what, 50 cards, right? Because it was like mm-hmm. literally yeah. like half of a commander deck. 
Um, yes, yeah. I think if it had made itself like a hundred cards, it might, which maybe you know, for some strategies would have been difficult. But I think it would have had possibly more viability, just because it would have you know changed less about the format that it was at least aping, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are. It would be a lot easier to make decks that are compliant with uh like the tiny leaders restriction if they were 100 cards because you could like you know i know some like lurist lists that are already really close to being tiny leaders compliant yeah and i think that like it's easier to get people to try out your format if like well i just swap out a couple cards from this deck and it's basically fits into the format already exactly exactly yeah i don't know i mean i i'm not you know I'm not a game designer. I'm not a, you know, game analyst. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like I think also just the fact that pre EDH isn't trying to be not commander or like, you know, a commander killer, you know, sort of thing, right? Yeah. To use old, yeah, yeah. use old like PC game parlance, right? Like, mm-hmm not trying to be the new thing it's just trying to be another thing you can do within the wheelhouse of this right like if we're actually going in that way it's basically like just playing an older version of a game right like yeah it's just a snapshot from that period of time yeah exactly Uh, well uh i I think that's all we had to say on the topic of pre-dh um yeah, Charlotte. One. Yeah, Charlotte. Uh, is there any last things you want to say on the subject before we we no. draw this episode to a close? No, just remember to have fun when you're playing Magic. Like it's a game. Yeah. Point is to have fun and don't stress yourself over it. Try, you know, if you want to try out free DH, you know, and it's not going to strain your budget, and that's cool. And then if not, then that's also cool. Like. Again, if if the idea of it holds appeal, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. Don't feel like you have to try it because it's like the new thing. But at the same time, you know, if it appeals to you, if you've been playing Magic, you know, for that long, or if you want to, you know, sort of get a sense of maybe what the format was like before, then, you know, hey, cool. But again, you know, don't don't let anyone tell you how you need to have fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Charlotte, uh, it's been wonderful having you back on the show. It's been a great conversation. Uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, uh, ask any questions, uh, what is the best way to reach you? You can contact me on Twitter at Jackal Girl or through my blog at magicjudge.tumblr.com. Uh, those are the two best ways to get in touch with me. I'm also on a variety of magic discords, including the Commander Theory Discord the rules committee discord and a lot of other discords. You can generally yeah. search same, same username as on Twitter. So. All right. Well, thank you again for coming back on the show. Uh, you're yeah. welcome anytime. Uh, and, and this has been a really fun conversation. Yeah. Good times. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back next week with more content. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Commander Theory. And on Twitter, I am at Fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commandertheory at gmail.com. 
Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, You can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.